Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So with my personality, I typically try to look for the bright side in things going on, especially things that I'm not so excited about. So for mask wearing for me, I thought of three bright sides of wearing a mask that I thought I would share with you today just for fun. So number one is if you fall asleep on a plane like yours truly and your mouth hangs wide open, no one will know you're safe. Number two is, if you have something in your nose and your teeth, no one will know you're safe. Number three is, when you're walking around Walmart and uh, you put in an AirPod or a headphone and you start playing worship music, you can pray and sing without looking like a complete weirdo. So there you go, my three helpful tips. And really, honestly, when I'm looking for the bright side of things, what I'm really doing is I'm trying to shift my perspective of what's going on and what I naturally tend to run into with my thoughts. So in shifting my perspective, I realized, oh, that's actually the word that God gave me for this year, perspective. Now, I'd never went and looked up that word. I am a big Googler, but I didn't even think about it because hmm, perspective. Well, recently I went and I looked it up and what I found was there's actually two definitions of perspective and it really has to do with art. Now, I am no artist, so I'm not going to try to get into the nitty gritty of explaining that to you. But what stood out to me was the first type of perspective is when you have two objects like just on a piece of paper that you've drawn out and you're comparing how they looked next to each other. The second type of perspective is aerial perspective or atmospheric perspective. Now, that was pretty cool to me. Again, I'm no artist, but what I found from just looking into what atmospheric perspective is, is that it shows the change in colors um, because of the effects the atmosphere has on a painting. With the aerial art or the atmospheric art, what it does is it shows the difference in color based on the atmosphere of that painting, of the picture that they're trying to display. Again, I'll just emphasize, I am not an artist, but God is. And I believe what he does in the natural, a lot of times he also shows us in the supernatural. So I believe that we're invited to see the world through God, the artist, We're invited to see the world as just how it relates to us side by side, what's going on in the natural in front of us, and also from an atmospheric point of view, from an aerial point of view, which would be God's perspective. Over the past few months, have you found yourself saying, I can't wait till this is all over? I have. Have you found yourself being so distracted by what is or isn't happening or how your mask is making you super hot when you're trying to accomplish something that your thoughts and every conversation seem to be occupied by that? I have. 
That's the side-by-side -side perspective. So what's happening right now and how is this relating to me? It's really self-focused. But what's the aerial view? What role is the atmosphere having on what we are experiencing? Now, don't get worried. I'm not getting all weird on you. This is actually biblical. We've been studying in Ephesians as a church family, and I'd like to go back there now. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, this is the Passion Translation. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. So from that, we can see in here that there is a battle going on. And I'm not talking about race against race or political party against political party, mask wearers versus non-mask wearers. I'm talking about a spiritual battle, a battle happening in the atmosphere. From the beginning, Satan has operated in rebellion a rebellion against the Father. We know that in heaven, his pride and desire to be God himself led him and so many other angels into a rebellion against God. He didn't win. <laughs> he was cast out of heaven and lost his position. In the garden, he used the same tactics to breed rebellion in the hearts of Adam and Eve, and his goal today has not changed. He wants for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. And he will use anyone and anything to accomplish that. Christian or not, Republican or Democratic, he doesn't care. And guess who has been equipped to fight against him? We have. You have. Well, how? I'm glad you asked. Remember the armor of God that we've been learning about together? great series. It's not just for the purpose of looking out for number one, for trying to block darts and staying hidden till the coast is clear. Have you ever seen one of those movies where uh, there's someone who's getting ready to go out into the battle and he's really freaked out and so he like runs and hides up in a tree and just thinks, I'll just stay here until the battle's over. Well, that's not what wearing the armor of God is all about. It's not about keeping our head down and just looking out for number one, just trying to stay out of the clear until Jesus comes back. It's actually for war. And how do we fight this war? This war against where the enemy is wanting to bring rebellion. Rebellion against what? Rebellion against God and his kingdom and his children and everything that the Father stands for. We fight this war through intimacy and obedience. You know, that's how Jesus lived his life. 
through intimacy and obedience. Through intimacy, he had the Father's perspective. And out of intimacy, he acted in obedience. And that waged war against the enemy. That is how we further the kingdom of God. John 5, 19 through 20. This is an amplified version. It says, So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but he is able only to do what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way. The Father dearly loves the Son and discloses to, he shows him, everything that he himself does. And will disclose to him, let him see, greater things that yet than these, so that you may marvel and be full of wonder and astonishment. When it talks about sees in that verse, that Jesus only does what he sees the Father do, that word sees actually means to see something physical with spiritual results, perception. That is, it carries what is seen into the non-physical realm. So a person can take needed action, keyword, to respond and be aware and be alert. I love this. It's showing us a picture that, yes, Jesus saw what was going on in the natural, but he also, out of intimacy with the Father, had that heavenly perspective and saw what God wanted to do in the natural realm, how he wanted to bring heaven to earth. And out of that, it allowed for Jesus to stay alert and ready to act out of that obedience because of his intimacy with the Father and whatever God was calling him to do. He did and said what he saw his Father do and say. And he didn't wait until it was comfortable or until a certain political party was in place. He came out of obedience, he came in obedience, and he acted out of obedience. Our focus cannot be on, when will this be over? Or we will miss what the Father is doing in the midst of it. Our focus has to be on Him. It has to be on the Father. Position has an effect on how we see things, right? We just talked about in the beginning, either side-by-side perspective or aerial. Where we're at in our position affects how we see things. How are you positioned right now? What perspective are you seeing from? God is with us in the middle of everything that is happening right now. He's with you currently in your room. And victory may not look like what we think. The kingdom of God advancing won't happen through a political party winning or a vaccine. The kingdom of God will advance through our obedience to the Father from gaining his perspective and walking it out. When I think about perspective in the Bible, there are so many different things that come to mind, but we have limited time. So I'll share this. There are two times um, that we know of where there's a storm that hits and the disciples think, this is the end, this is the end. Okay. Mark 4, 38 through 40 talks about the first one. 
which is where Jesus is asleep on the boat. I'm sure you've heard this before. Jesus is asleep. A storm hits. The disciples freak out. <laughs> and the boat is, there. you know, there's water coming into the boat. And I think I would have been a little freaked out as well. And they're looking at the side by side, what's happening, how it's affecting them. And how is it affecting Jesus? He's asleep. So they run in there and they're like, don't you care that we're going to die? And he's like, I got this. So he gets up. That's the Candace version. He gets up and he and he goes and he hushes the storm. And he says to them, why are you afraid? Catch this. Do you still have no faith and confidence in me? Perspective. He was challenging their perspective. The next is Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Instead of sleeping on the boat this time in the middle of a storm, Jesus is walking in it. And there's a, he's told them to go ahead and get on the boat and go across and the storm arises and, and it's around somewhere between three and six in the morning. And Jesus just comes walking out in the middle of the storm. <laughs> he doesn't speak to it this time. He doesn't calm it. He walks out right in the midst of it. And the disciples see him and they're like, it's a ghost. And they start freaking out again. And, <laughs> and one looks and sees, it's like, it's, it's Jesus. And it's Peter. He's like, it's Jesus. And he says, it, okay, if it's really you, then command me to come to you. And Jesus says, come. And then out of his relationship with Jesus, out of that intimacy, and then next acting out on obedience, he steps out in the middle of the storm, right? Things don't calm down. In the middle of the storm with Jesus, and he begins to walk on the water. Well, we all know what happens. <laughs> Peter begins to sink, right? And so Jesus reaches out, grabs him, helps him. We don't know what all that looks like, but he ends up saying to him, why did you allow yourself to be drawn in two directions? I love that. It's like, that's really challenging for me. Um, when looking at um, how God has a plan for our lives and knowing that the enemy has a plan for our life. And there's so many different perspectives that we can have and so many different paths that we can take. But do we have the Father's perspective? Are we following the path that He has for us? I don't want to be drawn in two directions. Notice that both times, Jesus had already declared where they were going. And both times, Jesus was not concerned with the storm. Did you catch that? Both times, Jesus had already declared where they were going. And both times, he wasn't concerned with the storm. He was concerned with their response in the midst of it their perspective, how they truly saw him. God has a plan. It's written out. It's called the word of God. He has already said what he will do. He hasn't gotten caught up about the virus or the political parties. He is concerned about your perspective, about my perspective. Do you see him? How do you see him in the midst of it all? And out of that, how do you see yourself? He has positioned us with him. 
And we have the same opportunity as Jesus. The same opportunity as Jesus. Through intimacy, we can have the Father's perspective. And out of intimacy, we can act in obedience. And that wages war against the enemy. That is how we further the kingdom of God. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When he says higher there, I love this. It says, To be lofty of Jehovah's ways, good sense. Friends, <laughs> let's be of good sense. When we're looking at everything that's happening around us, let's not get so caught up in just our world and how this is affecting me and what's going on with me and what am I going to do? But let's stop and say, God isn't so concerned with the storm. He's already written out everything that is to be, right? That is, that was, that is to come. Let's concern ourselves with what he is saying in the midst of it, with his perspective, what he wants to do. Jehovah's ways, good sense. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Father, just thank you so much for this amazing anchor family and friends that might be tuning in and visiting with us this morning. God, I thank you that you have blessed us with the opportunity to have a kingdom perspective, to have your perspective out of intimacy with you. That you have provided so many ways for us to encounter you and to grow closer to you through your word and through worship and just talking with you, prayer. So Father, I thank you that as we spend those times with you, as we're in that intimacy with you, that we will gain your perspective, the perspective of the truth of who you are and the truth of who we are to you in the midst of everything that's going on. And that out of that intimacy, that we would be ready in obedience to say yes to everything that you are calling us to do now, not when everything feels like rainbows and butterflies, but right now, in the midst of the chaos, what you are calling us to do, the encounters with you, the walking on the waves with you, experiencing you in the midst of it. So God, we thank you for eyes to see, to have your perspective in the midst of what's going on. And for any lies that have come in and said, this is who God is, and this is who you are, and this is what's happening, that don't line up with your perspective, that don't line up with who you are, Father. I thank you for exposing those lies, for tearing those lies down and replacing them with your truth. So Holy Spirit, thank you for being the exposer of lies for coming in and illuminating those dark places um, where the enemy might have tried to have a foothold in someone's heart or mind. And I just thank you, Father, for revealing that and out of your love and your kindness and your mercy for speaking that truth and pulling them into alignment of your perspective of who you are and who they are to you in the midst of everything. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining with us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week, and God bless.